Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guest today is Jeanette Bott, and she is president and CEO of the Utah Food Bank, and there is a big feed Utah food drive this Saturday. You can get all the info by going to utahfoodbank.org slash feedutah. Hello, Jeanette. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking a little bit of time to talk about this important event. But before we dive into the details of the event, let's talk a little bit about the Utah Food Bank. Maybe you could give us a, a brief history of the food bank. I know it's well over 100 years old. And just give us a, a little a little history lesson on what it is and how it started. Well, I would love to. And the joke here is I was not among the first hires, even though I do know a lot of the history. We started in 1904. So for over 100 years, 118 years, um, the organization has been helping those throughout the area here where we live with issues of hunger and of food insecurity. We continue to do that today. We are an affiliate of Feeding America, and through that affiliation gives us the responsibility of the entire state. So we are represented in all 29 counties. We serve 230 pantries and partner agencies around the state. And collectively, we really are trying to help any of our citizens here and residents throughout the state who are challenged with food insecurity. And then maybe just a little bit of history about yourself. What's your experience and and how did you end up at the Utah Food Bank? And and how did you become president? And just a little bit about you. Well, uh, you know... This year is my 30th year of being involved with the Utah Food Bank. Um, it started out, as, as most people do, doing some volunteer work for them in 1993. And and uh, the organization I had been employed with, we wanted to partner with a, a nonprofit in the community, and we selected Utah Food Bank. And as the years progressed, you know, you kind of become involved, and then you get on a committee, and then maybe you serve on the board. And, you know, years move forward, and as I decided to retire, I thought, well, I'll go to the food bank and, and spend a few days a week there. And that was in 2009. And I'm still here and president and CEO. So I guess I'm not doing retirement very well. <laughs> well, at some point you will. Uh, so the big event that we're talking about is the Feed Utah Food Drive. And that's happening this upcoming Saturday, the 18th. And we're asking everybody in the entire state of Utah to place some non-perishable food donations out on your porch in front of your door by 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. And then volunteers from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will pick up that food, take it to drop-off sites. This must take a lot of people, a lot of volunteers, to cover the entire state and say, if the food's on your porch, we're going to come and get it. You know, it takes a really, really collaborative effort. And, you know, partners have been really phenomenal in stepping up to to assume their roles and making this a, a success. Um, Associated Food Stores is, is our partner who has really said to us, you know, utilize our Macy's stores throughout the state will be a drop-off location. So if you have a Macy's within your neighborhood, that's the spot you need to go to. You know, if you live in a community that doesn't have a Macy's, you probably have a food pantry. Check with them. That's the next spot that you can go to. And we even have some areas in different neighborhoods that are a little bit more remote where the church is organizing some drop-off spots in parking lots, and you'll be communicated with those in your areas where that will be. So we we want to have all folks of all faiths, of all counties, participating to help us make it better for folks here in Utah. 
But what a wonderful partnership with the church. I'm sure that's hundreds, if not thousands of people that will be working on that this Saturday. Well, you know, the the volunteer operation is, is really one that's great here in the state of Utah. We've, for a long time running, been a state that's had the best, you know, volunteer resource anywhere. And when we put the call out, you know, regardless of really what the need is, people here in Utah rally. They appreciate the opportunity to be involved and, and to pay it forward. And so just serve as a great platform for volunteers to get involved, and it makes it very easy for people to sign up. And we're still a few days away from the food drive, so is it too late to volunteer if somebody wants to help out? You know, you can check the Just Serve site. They were going to areas where they had reached the number of maximum volunteers they needed. They were going to reduce some of those spots, so it would almost depend on what the site's requiring. But people need to remember that, you know, you can volunteer for these kind of events at food banks and food pantries across the state any time of the year, and your help will certainly be welcome, not just on Saturday. This is an annual food drive, if I'm not mistaken. How many years has this food drive been happening? Well, you know, we started the first year and then the pandemic hit. So we took a little bit of a brief hiatus and we've come back now. This will be the second one. Okay. And, you know, so it's still relatively new. We um, have done lots of food drives over the years, had a long relationship with the Scouts, and that food drive ran for 33 years. We've been doing food drives every year with the Postal Service and their their union and um, called Letter Carriers. That happened in May. So food drives are, are really something that's I think for the most part, people in Utah are very familiar with. I'm sure they are. And if you go to utahfoodbank.org slash feedutah, there's a place there to find food drop-off spots. There's also a place to click to uh, just support financially. And then there's a, a place to click to enter your zip code to find out uh, you know, if, what the needs are in your area. So that's real handy. And again, that's utahfoodbank.org slash feedutah. So if someone just wants to make that financial donation, they can go there and make that donation. Maybe talk a little bit about how far you can stretch a dollar. I was looking on your website, and $40 a month can do what? <laughs> Let's just start off by saying we're very good shoppers. <laughs> and I say that jokingly because we do have the ability to work with manufacturers and to go directly to resources other than just a, a retail store. So for every dollar that comes to us, we turn that into $9.04 worth of goods and services. Mm. So the thing that's great for us is we are able to use a lot of donated time, a lot of in-kind services, a lot of donated food, things that we bring together to stretch that dollar. But it's much easier for us to buy at the volume and the price that we utilize than you know, it's, it, then you going to the grocery store and buying, buying from a retailer. Uh-huh. The thing that's a great partnership power, the flip side of that with all of the retailers for the most part in the state, almost all of them will have a bin by the front door. You can buy food for another family in Utah. You can drop it off at the store. We pick that up. So we find as many ways as we can to make it as easy for anyone to participate to help in the fight against hunger. I think that's a really important thing to know. So if you're part of a group that wants to do some kind of service project and you're thinking, well, we'll go to Costco and load up on non-perishable food and then take it to the food bank, nothing wrong with Costco, but you could actually make a financial uh, donation go much further than that group. Absolutely. And, you know, people forget to think about the fact that we can check our inventory, see what items we might need. Mm -hmm. So not only does it give us a better buying power, but it gives us the ability to really service the inventory as as we see fit. And that kind of leads to my next question. We're asking for non-perishable food items. That's a pretty big uh, category. So specifically what in that category are are the types of things you need the most? Well, first thing we ask people to think about is something that your family would enjoy is something another family would like as well. 
We do ask for things that are kid-friendly, meaning something that have a pop-top on the can that a, mm. a child could open that they could prepare on their own. We're always looking for things like canned fruits and vegetables that are low in sodium or low in sugar. We love to have things like pasta, um, proteins, um, any kind of canned meat or canned beans, beef stew, those kinds of things that would kind of create more of a meal. Um, we love to get pasta. We love mac and cheese. That's one of the, the number one items kids ask for from us is macaroni and cheese or box meals, as we refer to them. That, again, are something that maybe kids can prepare if they have to cook for themselves. So things that are non-perishable, things that are kid-friendly, and things that have you know a bit of a, a healthy touch to them mm-hmm. are all things that we like to look for. And I don't know if you even want to address this, but are there certain types of donations that you just can't use as efficiently? Absolutely. You know, we we recognize here in Utah that this is a an area that we love to see our families who do their home canning or prepare food at home. Those uh-huh. are things we cannot accept. We can't take the food storage that perhaps was in grandma's basement when she passed away. <laughs> we, we have a, a bit of a challenge when people donate the big number 10 gallon size cans of product. It's hard to give that to a family and expect them to prepare meals from it if we can't give it to an aggregate feeding site. So we try to to remind people things that are safe, things that are not canned at home. Mm -hmm. We can't accept things that are in glass bottles or we prefer not to. So glass containers are very difficult for us to move through the shipping process. So we try to stay away from glass bottles. So a little common sense when you think about where that item that you're donating has to go and the number of hands it has to pass through. Mm -hmm. It needs to be something that's kind of somewhat durable, if you will. We're speaking with Jeanette Bott, who is president and CEO of the Utah Food Bank. And to get more information about the food drive that we're talking about, just go to utahfoodbank.org slash feed Utah. And I would imagine as far as perishable foods, fruits, vegetables, dairy, that sort of thing, you have that partnership with these different grocery stores um, do you take those sorts of donations from individuals, though, if I, if I show up with a bushel full of carrots? <laughs> yeah, we are able, if we have <clears throat> large quantities of vegetables, fresh vegetables, we can distribute those. If you were to go to your fridge and just grab five or six carrots and drop them in a bag, <laughs> by the time they got through the process, they would be no longer used, usable. <laughs> so we ask you not to do, you know, fresh produce like that. We also ask for things that, you know, be sure that it's not something that's frozen that will thaw oh, sure. uh, during the process of distribution. So stay away from items that are frozen as well. Are there non-food items that are good donations, in-kind donations that you're looking for? You know, absolutely. As we think of all the things in our homes that people use, you know, we, we take those as well. And an example of that would be any kind of cleaning household item, you know, Windex, paper towel. We're always looking for laundry detergent and fabric softener. We always are in need of diapers. That's another item that families seem to, with younger kids, always can use. Um, We have things like ice melt. Uh, We even see pet food that comes into the food bank that we're able to redistribute. So really most of the items that you have in your house are items that we see at some time pass through the Utah Food Bank. Hmm. Is the need for food in Utah increasing or decreasing? You know, unfortunately, the number is increasing. And we had really hoped when the pandemic kind of came back into um, a level of being more normal and people were starting to get back into a routine that we would see the numbers go down, and that just hasn't happened. Um, We started to see inflation start to have impact on some of these same families who had struggled through the pandemic. And so high prices of then gasoline, and and even though that's come down a bit, we're still seeing high prices on food. 
families are still struggling and they're really having a hard time to get back on track. The other thing we see this time of year are a lot of kids, college students who are are going to school and are are struggling. There are pantries in, in most of the major colleges across the state where we can help kids who are in college. And then kids who are in school of different ages, we're trying to be able to always assist the schools with in-school pantries or school delivery. Um, and this this part of the year now kind of to start to wind down. We're coming to the, the last portion of the school year. And then kids will be out of school. And, and a lot of kids during the school year are dependent on breakfast and lunch when they attend school. When school is out for the summer, then it becomes a challenge for kids. So the food drive at this time of the year gives all of us in this business a chance to kind of look at our inventory, restock, and be prepared for the summer months as they rapidly approach and put us in a position to better help these kids. And the statistics are kind of staggering. One in nine kids in Utah is not sure where their next meal is coming from. Almost 290,000 Utahns face hunger issues. And I don't know if this is a question you can answer because I'm sure you don't ask. I mean, the common denominator for these families and kids is not enough money for food. But just from your observations, are you able to tell kind of what different causes, what things are causing them to not have enough money for food? Well, there's always a variety of things that we see. You know, every place that you go, you see someone, you know, an organization is hiring. I think there's work out there for people to do. I think there are jobs to be had should people choose to do those. But if people are behind and they're having a financial issue that's carried over from the pandemic, it's hard to get ahead. But an issue can occur with a family that we don't always see. For example, you know, families are making choices now. Do I have heat in the house or do I buy groceries? Mm -hmm. Do I buy medication for that prescription that's needed for my family or do I buy groceries? Do I pay for childcare? Do I send the kids home alone or buy? I mean, there's... People are having to choose to eat, and that's so unfortunate in this day and age. They shouldn't have to make that choice. And, you know, when I think of uh, hunger as an issue in in our state, I always picture a family in my head. But you mentioned college students, and also seniors are facing mm-hmm. hunger issues. We have a large number of seniors in our state, and unfortunately, it's very sad when we recognize that a lot of those folks are homebound. They have very little um, support either with friends or family to assist them. Uh, sometimes the, the food box that comes to them once a month from the Utah Food Bank delivered by a volunteer is the only touch point they really have with someone outside of, of their small apartment or their residence. So seniors are really a concern for us. Dietary issues with them, health issues. You know, we ask people to volunteer making a six-month commitment. So once a month, you take a food box to the same person. And over those six months, you get to know them. You get to kind of make sure the lights are on and and, and the things are okay for that person. It really becomes more than just the food in the box. And that that one-on-one visit, that 30 minutes, however long you choose to spend with that person, is so important and so crucial. Mm -hmm. But our seniors need that help. And that, to me, is a really, really sad scenario because a lot of them can't drive it's hard for them to use public transportation. The weather really kind of keeps them homebound. So many issues and so many folks who are just really in need of extra help. And this this food drive will help us prepare those food boxes and help those folks in need. Well, Jeanette, I'm going to brag a little bit for you. Last year, Utah Food Bank distributed over 60 million pounds of food, and that's the equivalent of over 56 million meals And you partner with 230 agencies in all 29 Utah counties, like you mentioned earlier. 
But you're one of the few food banks that doesn't charge those other agencies anything for food. Talk about what a big deal that is and how do you do that? (laughs) Well, it's a huge deal if you look at it um, from the perspective of there's probably only seven or eight food banks in the country who don't charge those 230 partner agencies they have um, for that food. In addition to the food, perhaps they're charging them a delivery fee for fuel. They might also be charging them a membership fee to be among the the groups that participate Mm -hmm. with them. So we've eliminated the membership, the delivery, and the charge on the food. And a lot of the food banks who are our peers, some of them are making a couple of million dollars a year off the food or off the money they're charging for the food. But we decided a long time ago, based on the size and the location of a lot of our pantries, many of them are very small, they don't have the money to really pay for that food. And if they weren't receiving it and could pass it on, people in those communities would be going without. Mm -hmm. So we fundraise at a very high level. We fundraise statewide, knowing that dollars coming out of your community will be coming back to your community in the form of food for those who are, are, are hungry. And we really will always continue to maintain that this food's free. It's a difficult, expensive endeavor, but it's one that we feel is a very good investment for the state of Utah. I think it's something you can really be proud of, too. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. You mentioned earlier that Utah is the only member of Feeding America. The Utah Food Bank only in Utah is the only member of Feeding America. What, What advantages does that give you and what does that partnership mean? Well, there are 200 food banks that make up the the association um, of Feeding America. And the thing that's great about it is we have the ability to kind of partner with food banks that are our size, whether that's the geography they serve, whether it's the number of citizens, the pounds they distribute. We're kind of able to use them as a best practice scenario. So we don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. We can reach out to to our peers and, and, and bounce ideas off of them. We can talk about positives. We can talk about things that we're tried and true or tried in a problem. So it gives us a really good working relationship. It also gives us the ability to be able to have access to food, to have access to organizations where we can write grants and do our fundraising. There are all sorts of training and audits that keep us um, kind of in line with where we have to be as far as our food handling and the, the, the instruction we pass on to the pantries. So by coming together as an organization, the things that we all need to have that are basics to keep us on track, they're kind of monitored, provided, and really then we're mentored by the folks at Feeding America. Let's talk about the other side of this. If someone is facing hunger issues, where do they go for help? How do they reach out? You know, the biggest mistake, first of all, is not not reaching out at all. They need to take that step. There's help available. They need to look for it. If they are able to, um, they simply can call on their phone 211. It's a direct line that goes to United Way. Give the caller that you're ta- or the person you're talking to on the call your zip code. They can tell you all the services in your neighborhood in that zip code that can benefit your family, whether that is food or maybe it's medical help or help with daycare, whatever it might be. 211 is a great resource. If you have the ability to utilize a computer, you can go to utahfoodbank.org. And then there's a tab that you can click on that said get help. And that will give you a list of many things. For example, pantries around the state. It will give you hours and location. There's a calendar there that shows you when some of the mobile distributions are taking place. 
it's very informative and it's easy for you to find out where in your specific area you can go for help. And again, the biggest mistake is one, not reaching out, or if you're someone who you think is struggling, please pass those instructions on to them and help them get started as well. I know for me, um, thank goodness my family has never faced hunger issues, but I know that would be a really hard call for me to make. That would, you know, my pride would suffer. And so maybe talk to that person who does need help, but is, is, you know, stalling as far as asking for help. You know, it's really interesting because I can't look at you and tell that you're hungry. You know, I can't, I can't see it. Right. Um, you know, one of the easiest monitors for us is to utilize our, our educators, our teachers. They can tell because of the behavior of some of the children in the classroom. If a child is misbehaving or is repeatedly ill, one of the questions they'll ask the child is, "Do you? when did you eat last? Do mm. you have food at home? So we try to help the kids realize that if you don't, that's okay. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. Let us help you figure out how we can help. And as far as an adult goes, you know, sometimes you have to set your pride aside and say, mm-hmm. hey, my family's here and we're struggling. And when you stop to think about the fact that it's free, that should be something that helps you move forward with the decision to get that help. Well, here's how everyone in the state of Utah can help this coming Saturday, the 18th. Put that non-perishable food out on uh, your porch before 9 a.m. If you want to take your donation to uh, a site, you can find that uh, by going to utahfoodbank.org forward slash feed Utah. Jeanette Bott, president and CEO of Utah Food Bank, doing great things in our community. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's always great to speak with you. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.